Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane and joining me is Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Oh, g'day Shane. Uh, What a great, great win on the weekend, wasn't it? It was a fantastic win and what a return to football in general. Um, Oh yeah. How did you feel about the presentation of the football? Uh, Watching a couple of the games, I watched most of the games actually, yeah, me too. I thought the crowd noises that they implemented were fairly good. It made the it made it seem less eerie than what round one felt. Yes. But, uh, yes. However, I wasn't a fan of the uh, splashing up the fans on the on the screen celebrating. Um, I, although I think <laughs> that was mainly Channel Seven that did that. That's right. So I wasn't a fan of that. Thankfully, it didn't happen on the Suns game. However, I'm pretty sure I saw a couple of images of it being uh, splashed up on the big screen at Metricon for the players to see, which I'm actually all for because it yeah it, it shows the players there's people there watching, supporting them. Uh, so I'm all for that. Um, yeah, so you enjoyed the first week of footy? Oh, yeah. Look, from Thursday night onwards, uh, it was really interesting. I didn't really buy into the idea that the 16-minute the quarters it was necessarily a bad thing. I thought that Collingwood-Richmond was going to be low-scoring anyway, um, obviously lower. But then, yeah, there were, there were plenty of teams who were able to kick 10, 12, 15 goals. So um, that, that wasn't really a worry. I mean... It, if if you take the Suns Eagles game into account, imagine how much we would have won by with with twenty minute quarters. So uh, yeah, no. But in, in the main, I think there were one or two games where the crowd noise was a bit annoying, where they didn't quite get it right. But overall, for for the Suns game, it it just was just like a, watching a normal game. Um, and of course, you know that the, there was zero crowd. Um, did you end up getting to watch much of the showdown? Given that we that was our previous opponent and now our next opponent playing? No, I haven't, but it is queued up on KO for me to watch it during the week. I'm keen yes. to watch how Adelaide uh, went there despite getting flogged by Port. It, it probably shows just how strong Port Adelaide are. And I said that I after, so our, after our round one game that they've actually really surprised me. I've always put Port Adelaide down, uh, being a former Crow supporter, but... <laughs> They, they're they a very well-drilled side and they've got everything going for them at the moment. How, it's going to be interesting to watch how Adelaide actually went. It sounds like they're a very inexperienced side. And mm, mm. the Suns uh, have a real shot at continuing or starting a winning streak uh, this week against the Crows. But we'll get into that later. Before we head on to the news, I want to thank our old soul Patreon donors, Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Dale Snelling, 
Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, Robbie Fiorini, and Tim. Thanks for supporting the show, guys. If you want to support us, uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and uh, donate there. No money is, no amount of money is too big or too small. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, um, whatever the equivalent of Apple is. I'm really not an Apple person. Um, <laughs> we're, we're pretty much on everything now. So you can find us on any podcasting service uh, also on YouTube. If we're not on something, send us a message, let us know, and I'll look into getting us set up on that service as well. Um, so let's get into the news. And that is... The Gold Coast Suns have a real shot at winning the Rising Star this year with Matt Brown being nominated from round two. Yes, well, you would think that uh, the the main competition for, for Matty Rao will be uh, Noah Anderson. Um, there, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, you can only get nominated once, but he's, he's certainly going to be really tough to beat, especially with a shorter season. There's only 15 games left for any of those players. From I mean, there are some leftover players from last year. Not a whole lot of the top 10 of the draft have actually debuted yet. So, you know, someone like Max King might be able to put put a, a few games together and, and challenge for it. But, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd even be thinking that Rao's going to be, be, be sort of um, entering the Brownlow market based on that performance, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, he certainly would have won the three Brownlow votes from that game, just gone. Um, I don't think having the shortened season impacts the Rising Star too much. I can't recall a Rising Star winner winning the award, uh, winning the nomination in the last four or five games of the season. So I I think that's going to be fine. Um what else we've got he he got 10 out of 10 on the coaches votes as well in just his second yeah. game so that's a new yeah. record for uh getting a perfect score in the coaches votes um it was just a sensational game and we'll get into more about that game later on we've got so much to talk about uh yes. <laughs> then the next thing uh coming out is the match review committee has given alex sexton a one thousand dollar fine I believe that might even be halved based on the negotiations with the AFLPA due to contracts being uh, um, diminished. So it might only be a $500 fine, but I can't get uh, confirmation on that. Um, and Alex Sexton was also involved in a, a couple of incidents, wasn't he? He uh, the dog of a night, didn't he? He couldn't, couldn't kick a goal and... And, um, yeah, when he collected McGovern high, you knew it was going to go on report. But it was McGovern's reaction straight after that and then and then a bit later. But I wouldn't even mind betting that, that Seco was, was going in to, to, to get a bit of payback for McGovern's earlier knee in the back of, of Sam Day, which doesn't sound like it's going to put Sammy out for, for, for any time. But it, gee, it looked like it had broken his ribs, didn't it? Yeah, I I cringed when I saw that. Sam Day is one of my favourite sons, and seeing that it it brought back memories of uh, the the Geelong player Lonigan getting suffering mm. a, a damaged kidney and things like that. It, it's one of the most dangerous positions to be in as an AFL player, uh, being vulnerable like that and having a, a player come in and just sticking their knee into into your side into your back. 
Um, I couldn't believe it wasn't a free kick. I mean, not for the knee because it, it's kind of legal, isn't it? Um, and, and evidently Ben King put his knee through Jack Hompshire's back in the preseason, which is why we're not seeing Jack. Um, but but it, the, the, you've got to be making a reasonable attempt to mark the ball, and McGovern missed the ball by a foot. Um, and, and it was just play on. I couldn't couldn't quite believe what I was watching, but thankfully Sammy's all right. So well, despite uh, being a Gold Coast Suns podcast, we will just give you an update on Jeremy McGovern. He got a thousand dollar fine, just like Sexton did for his involvement in pushing Sexton into the fence. And he's also been suspended one week, which has just come through the AFL site as um, being upheld by the tribunal. Um, so he tried to argue that was low impact and get it downgraded. Uh, no, no such luck. And he will be he will miss this week against Brisbane for striking Sexton in the face. Yep. He also, so he's got his fine and his suspension. And now, thinking about those the size of those fines, I think maybe a thousand. It might be already half. Because you can't imagine a thousand dollar fine would be a normal thing. It would two thousand sounds a bit more like it's really going to hit them in the hip pocket. Yeah, you uh, might be right Because for some there. players, that's a week's wages, you know. Yeah, um, or more. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's gone for a week, and he's you know he's a protected species. That guy, he he gets away with murder. So good to see he's finally you know because he's a dog. You know, well, that, that he's... wasn't. He's the, suffered... pushing Sacco in the fence. He, he was suspended last year for pushing a player in the fence down in yeah, Melbourne, I believe. that was worse. Um, that was worse, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Anyway, this is a sun show, so let's get back on track. Um, we've got uh, good news, uh, selection dilemmas. We have Ant, uh, David Swallow probably returning from suspension this week. So we've got to try and find a somewhere to fit David Swallow in. We'll discuss that later in the show. And it looks like Brandon Ellis is a potential return this week as he recovers from that calf injury that we alluded to last week. Mm. Um, oh, and we've also had news come through today that the QAFL will resume on the July the 11th. So that's a nine-team competition. I think they're only going to play nine games. Um, the Gold Coast sides represented in that, I believe, uh, Surface Paradise, um, Broadbeach. I think Labrador's in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. And I'm also hearing reports but can't confirm that Alex Davies is going to be playing for Broadbeach for a few games. So a yeah. potential Sun recruit at the end of this year. Uh, playing yeah. for Broadbeach, maybe just to, we just can to get clarify that, check him out. Shane, that, just to clarify that you um, AFL listed players are not allowed to play in any other competitions. So no, but Davies isn't AFL listed yet. No, no, that's right. Yeah. So the um, the good news is that the it might op- open up some opportunities for some of the um, potential draftees this year from the academy to actually uh, get a bit of footy under their belts. So you'd be thinking guys like, um, you know, Josh Gore and uh, and a few of the other guys who were, were, were on the NEFL list, the, the special NEFL list that ended up, none of those changes ended up eventuating. But um, we had this, we, we, we officially had 57 players 
uh, at the Suns. So there's that, that list of five NEFL players who are 19-year-olds. So they'll they'll get a chance to run around in the quaffle. So they get another chance at impressing if there's going to be a draft. So we'll we'll have to have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, not sure on 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 what what's going to happen with the women's comps in in um, in Queensland, but um, because they're not AFL affiliated, that won't it won't cause any dramas for them. Whereas in Victoria, the the women's comps been cancelled and they're going to sort of manufacture a a, a a new comp with four, sort of a, a bit like AFL X, really. That they're going to make some new teams and they're still going to have some sort of thing. But we'll bring more news as it comes to hand. They they haven't really said much about women's footy. All right, thanks for that, Tom. Uh, before we move into the match report, I just want to remind people, if you're listening to us live uh, on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., quarter past seven it is now, uh, feel free to jump into the chat and you know, say hi, Give it, tell us your thoughts on the game. We're about to jump into the, the analysis of the Suns-West Coast game. So tell us how you felt watching that game and what was your favourite moment. Uh, so let's get into it, Tom. The Gold Coast Suns defeated West Coast Eagles 14 goals 690 to 6 goals 1046, a 44-point defeat uh, victory against West Coast. Uh, Ainsworth, Raul and Day each with two goals, but we had 11 individual goal kickers for this game. So that was only over half, that was about half the side. Uh, mm. Really great performance. And a lot of those goals came from our midfielders, which is something I don't recall really happening too often for Gold Coast Suns, at least in recent years. Uh, yes, only, only, only uh, a, a few behinds. And uh, only three players registering behinds. Uh, poor old Seco couldn't get on the board for a goal, and he's he's our best goal kicker. So it says a lot about the performance, doesn't it? It, it does. Um it's hard to pick out any players that did anything wrong in this game. Uh, Sexton probably had one of the worst games, but even he contributed. So it was a really well-rounded performance. And it, it it's copped... I wouldn't say copped. It, it's got a bit of media attention this week as to whether it is the... The, the coming of the Gold Coast Suns or is it just another false dawn? We've had a, a few of these in our history. Mm. Yeah, mm. You, you think back to the 2011-2014 era um, and I feel like a lot of those games were won based on the skill, individual performances and flashiness of some of our players and that just lucked us over the line with a lot of them. Yeah, I, yeah. We haven't I mean, really if you, if had... Look at- we, sorry, we haven't really had many major wins or standout performances since that era. Uh, 2018 brings to mind with the Sydney win. Again, yeah. though, that was hard fought, but I feel like we just sort of lucked into that one. Sydney, I think, got off to a quick start and then just took their foot off the pedal and Gold Coast came out on top. This one was different. This win was Gold Coast setting the tone early, West Coast coming back, and halfway through that second quarter, I was thinking, all right, here we go. West Coast has hit the lead. We're going to see the typical Suns, uh, as long as they hang in there, stay consistent, I guess I'll be happy with this performance. But before the half time, before it was even half time, it 
was a different Suns outfit. You can watch any highlight and you'll see players jumping on the ball, throwing themselves on this ball and trying to get it out to teammates. Uh, we saw Noah Anderson and Matt Rao kick their first ever AFL goals. And from that point on, it was just a demolition job as the Suns outworked, outmuscled and outran an experienced Premiership West Coast side. Well, someone pointed out today that it's only 27 games ago that West Coast won the grand final, you know, and and uh, they certainly got a lot of players left over from that grand final side who, who were playing. So, and, and, you know, with the addition of Tim Kelly and, you know, Nick Nat Nui didn't play in the yeah. grand final. So it was, a, it was a very good side. I don't think the West Coast played to their anywhere near to their potential and you know they're probably below average um and certainly the suns played out of their skins unlike anything i've ever seen um talking about the sydney game from a couple of years ago there were only nine players left over from that sydney game side so the the players um, and I, I, won't, I won't name them. I, I, um, I have done so on social media already. But the, the, those nine guys, um, they really brought that that kind of performance. And then the other guys, you know, there's obviously 13 other guys who who really. Um, I'm trying to find it. There's a graphic that um, that says how many pl- Suns players played their best ever game, and it's basically half the team. Mm. Like best ever individual performance. Yeah, like it's it was certainly a difficult job going through and looking for a top three uh, from this game. Mm. There was mm. so many options. Um, but while we're on this topic, who was the top three? Well, I think everyone's favourite and everyone's first pick is going to be Matt Rowell. Uh So, yeah. do you agree on that one as being the best on yeah. ground? Yeah, it's, so, it's just not it's just not not up for debate. It, it's um, it, it's it's very obvious that this kid is going to be a generational player. Um, I've seen comparisons to Joel Selwood in the Selwood's ability to to just join seamlessly join the the Geelong team in two thousand and seven and win a premiership in his first year and be one of the best players. Um, we don't have a squad quite that developed level but we do have the similar amount of talent and so you know what he can be is you know uh, but what he did on on the on the on the weekend was carry a lot of the the performance on his back and everyone lifted around him so yeah Raul for sure three votes yeah he had 26 disposals kicked two goals seven tackles so he led the Suns for disposals and tackles uh, operated at 81 percent uh, efficiency and he had 20 pressure acts. So, fantastic performance. And uh, listening to Robbo on AFL 360 last night, he pretty much summed it up. The The thing that stood out most about Raul was his ability to stand up in a tackle and find a way to get the ball out to a teammate. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that strength, in especially in the second game, is unbelievable. Um, and just knowing where to be, he's just he's just always in the right. Like that that goal, the first goal that he scored, like he just ran out of the stoppage, tr- fully trusting that his teammates would do what they did, which was pretty incredible. Um, to Weller, to, to to Lemons, and then 
Raoul at, at the right time has just called out and Lemons, with barely even looking, has just handballed it exactly to where Raoul needed to be at full speed to have time to be able to kick a goal. And that that's the sign of a classy player who has time, makes extra time, puts, you know, gets separation from their from their tag. Because he was heavily tagged. Like, a lot of the time when he was getting the ball, there were two West Coast players on him immediately. And it's a very, very good West Coast midfield who didn't play poorly. They just got beaten. Yeah, well, Matt Rowe had blokes like Luke Shuey and Elliot Yo hanging off him. Yeah. And he was yeah. still able to get handballs out to teammates and shrug off tackles. Uh, he's definitely going to be the rising sun for Gold yeah. Coast. Um, I hope we're not putting too much pressure on the kid, but the way he comes <laughs> across, it certainly sounds like he'd be able to handle it. Um, yeah, I compare him to Michael Voss, and I've said that before, but now he's vindicated it. Michael Voss debuted as a 17-year-old and had 26 touches in his first game. Um you know, Rao's done that in a shortened game. It, it, okay, it was his second game, but Rao's come in at a similar level. Uh, Vossi was a year and a bit younger, but but having having said all that, uh, Vossi didn't get three votes in a Brownlow, uh, three Brownlow votes in a game for the first couple of seasons, whereas Rowley looks like he's he's done it in his second game. Mm. Um, I can't can't think that uh, the umpires would, would uh, give it to somebody else. So, yeah. Um, who, who did you have for the, the second, uh, for two or two, two, and three, uh, two and one votes? Yep. So, it's for two votes, I went with Sam Day. I was in, really impressed with his performance. Uh, not only did he cop that heavy knock from McGovern in the first quarter, but he, he finished strongly. Uh, 18 disposals, 78% efficiency, eight score involvements, three of them goal assists, and he kicked two goals himself. So he hit the scoreboard as well as providing a a strong target uh, to connect up into the forward line. And he was a a leader for the Suns. It's the sort of same day we've been wanting since we drafted him back in 2010. And it's great to see him finally come out it seems like he's hitting his straps now he's got over that injury he suffered a few years ago and this the club is playing him in a regular role that suits his abilities of um a, a roaming ha- center half forward well he even he even gets gets in there and and chops out when witsy's on the bench um and witsy had a dirty day against nat nui but i mean um we'll talk about that because he's not in our top top three we'll talk about that after um i i day was in my top five how did we become central ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts we focus on what matters most our patients at orthopedic one we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better and every day your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us that's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. But I've I've gone with Lockie Weller and mainly because of his first half. He he was pretty heavily tagged and and uh, and, and didn't uh, he still contributed in the second half, but um, I think he had 17 touches at half time. So he was he was instrumental in in setting up the platform. 
and he really started a lot of those breakaways out of the out of the stoppages and um, had his best game in Suns colours, best game of all, and really showed that 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 talent that he displayed in the in the uh, in the representative match in the preseason, didn't he? Yeah, Weller was great, especially early. He finished with 24 disposals, 19 pressure acts, and 372 metres gained. Great performance by Weller. I hesitated to put him into my top three. I think his his disposal efficiency at only 58% is what what earned me to, to select other players. But Lockie yeah. Weller certainly is starting to prove that he was he is worth that pick too that the Suns gave up for him. A few years ago. Um, now, my first vote was for Tuke Miller, actually. 22 disposals, 4 tackles, 22 pressure acts, and 5 score involvement, involvements. But the tick for me was how he was moved on to Tim Kelly uh, yes. in that late in that second quarter. And... This was after I think Kelly had about seventeen disposals himself. He was he was dominating, and yeah. shut him out of the game completely after that. So yeah. I, I associate Miller with going to Kelly around the same time the Sun started to gain ascendancy in this game. That's right. So that's right because it, we we know from from watching his battles with with Dane Zorko that not only when he does a hard tag. And it wasn't the hardest of tags, but it was enough to take Kelly out of the game. But but he he also has this ability to back up and still get enough possessions of his own to to be influencing the game. So someone like Holman doesn't um, you know he, he he can really lay a hit and really put the pressure on, but he doesn't doesn't quite get enough possessions to really justify the hard tag that he's capable of because you don't. If you're going to take an opposition player out and take your own player out at the same time, you're just negating. You're not actually doing it. But Tuke's got this amazing ability to to beat his opponent and still be there to back up. Because a lot of the time, you'd see Tuke on the end of a chain of hand passes, and then he'd get the ball forward and and um, and and really get that momentum. Because um, you know, if you if you continually sort of backpedal, you're backpedaling historically. That's where where a lot of our play falls down, and the opposition will sort of intercept it on the you know on the half forward flank, and and then we're dead in the water. But um, Turk was continually getting us out of you know out of trouble. I didn't have him though for my one vote. Um, I had Jack Bowes. Good and choice. A couple of reasons. One, I mean, you know, he, he racked up the the seventeen possessions on uh, you know on the half back flank. And nine marks plus a free kick for a mark that he, he was chopped. His arms were chopped out. So you know th- those are those are sort of Stephen May type numbers for us in the past. So you know he's really him. Him and Lacocious are really um, giving giving our de- defense like a real rebound with their intercepts and and with their hard running. Um, you know, Luke, Luco actually had his best game in Suns colours, and I was tempted to give the the one point to him actually because I really liked his game. But um, Jack Bowes, what, what did he have? Eighty eight point two percent disposal efficiency. That's exactly I mean, right. To go with his seventeen disposals, he had three hundred twenty nine meters gained and six intercepts. So he's we've talked about this off lot off the air, but. Uh, the way the Suns are moulding Jack Bowes in that back line reminds you a lot of Luke Hodge, doesn't it? 
Oh yeah, I mean if you if you think back to Hodgie's draft year, which was a bloody long time ago, you know, he he was sort of touted as a as as maybe a midfielder, but um, Alistair Clarkson sort of saw that that he could have a, a real impact, and I think that's what Stuart Jews really identified that you know we've got Hanley and, and Harbrow who you know they really brought that that intensity to to the defense that that we really needed that maturity and then you've got to have a, a few tall guys but um you ne- you need to have you need to have something you can't you can't just sort of go with a bland defense that is always just defending you've got to have a counter attack and and Jack's just the, the, the player to do it we know he can mark the ball we know he can take contested marks. We know he can handle players who are a bit bigger than him or a bit smaller than him. And that's what Hodgie used to, you know, really do. In addition, Hodgie used to really, you know, lay tackles that really let, let the opponents know about it. But I've seen Jack do that in the past. Um, if anything, um, you know, they're not exactly the same mould of player. Maybe maybe um, Nigel Lappin would be a better example if, if Jack can get forward a bit more. Um, but he and Lukosius seemed to be able to let each other sort of, you know, get away. And and and, and Luko was able to sneak up the field, wasn't he? With uh, get that sneaky little goal and set up the um, Ains- uh, uh, Anderson's first goal. So yeah, look, we could name twenty-two players in the best, couldn't we? Because they were all just outstanding. Yeah, they were. Um, back to Bose first. He he's basically being groomed to be the Gold Coast Suns' Mister Fix It, and that's what Luke Hodge was to Hawthorne. Uh, go wherever the team needs him and I think that's what Bose has been groomed to do we've seen him play midfield and know he can play in there we've seen him go forward and win games off his left boot but um, now we're seeing him go back and control the play and read the play and set the Suns up for an attack forward so it's great to see Bose add that to his string as, as well um, yeah, well, his tank, his tank is, is is bigger than ever. Um, Bosey ran ran more meters than any other player in the in, in the round. Um, it was Bose, Anderson, and, and Lukosius ran more kilometers than any any other player. The three of them. It was a real running game. Um, in fact, it was Gold Coast and West Coast players were made up the top five of the most kilometers run. Um, it was a real running game led by Bose. Yeah, they um, did. And while we're talking Bose, let's talk about our defence. Uh, they really stood up, especially early. Sam mm-hmm. Collins led the way, uh, intercepting and shutting his opponent down. Kennedy only had a few touches. I think he may mm-hmm. have had one or two goals, but they were sort of um, freak goals, one of them being a crumbing yeah. goal, which yeah. Collins couldn't have stopped. Uh, We also welcomed back the return of Harbrow and Handley as our rebounding defenders. Uh, Harbrow laid an instrumental bump or tackle which resulted in uh, the Suns getting ascendancy near the end of that second quarter and fending off the Eagles. We saw Handley come out with a a team high 433 metres gained, seven Mm. intercepts as well. I, I got to eat my words, Tom. Earlier this year, I said, I think Hanley's cooked. I think he's done. I don't think he belongs in our best side. I am wrong. Well, Hanley last was year, sensational. you be the best and fairest. So, <laughs> Hanley, you're all over the place. Hanley has played one game in the last, feels like the last year. And um, he he's 
he's only going to get better as he gets his touch back. So mm. Hanley is certainly a stable in the Suns' side if he can keep performing like that. I feel like he was a bit more freer than what he's been previously, uh, mm. pushing up the ground a bit more. I think he had a few inside 50s if I just check the stats. Um, but the other players to to look at as well was Charlie Ballard returning from uh, injury. He was sensational as well. Yeah, well, we, we learned his new nickname, didn't we? Chucky. <laughs> I, I really liked that at halftime with Stuart Jew um, the replaying what his coaching orders were down the phone. Um, how did you find that? Because he, he's, he's talking about Chucky, and for a moment I'm like, Chucky, who's Chucky? Uh, yeah, Charlie Ballard, and uh, and he's basically um, encouraging Chucky to keep on, you know, keep on with what he's doing because you know it was really uh, Jack Darling was looking incredibly dangerous in that first quarter, and and then and then he was just you know shut down by Chucky. <laughs> yeah, well, Ballard was great. I, I loved his performance, and the other third year player, uh, Will Powell. Will Powell yeah. is really starting to, to look the goods as a, a wingman that can impact up forward as well. Uh, yeah. He looked good, especially early. Um, so in the end, I guess it's going to be a real tough case of who comes in for David Swallow in this game and possibly Brandon mm. Ellis. Well, it doesn't appear to be any injuries, which is great news. But then again, the first couple of days after a game is, is all about, you know, ice baths and, and, and rehab and, and, and getting, you know, getting their bodies right to return to training. And it could be that returning to training could be potentially uh, when they sort of go, you know, maybe Sam Day, you know, finish the game, but he might, you know, he might be a late out because, you know, that, that um, you know, that knee in the back, can't, can't be nice and if, if it's done some damage that's you know a little bit going to take him a little bit longer to get through uh, especially if it means that he can't chop out in the ruck and uh, next week's game is in the afternoon so if we have a dry week um, sun, Sunday afternoon is perfect for Peter Wright to to get a Guernsey but um, to answer your question straight up um, there's, there, there's no single way to determine who the obvious player to, to demote. Um, you, you could say that there's a case for, say, McPherson because he hasn't been racking up the stats. But his... his well, have, you, have you got Darcy's um, pressure acts handy? Uh, give me a sec, I can. The other player I want to I shout was out up there. is Fiorini. Fiorini was pretty oh. impressive. He had uh, 21 disposals, 80% disposal efficiency, Five inside fifties, so he was certainly hitting his targets. Yeah, um, and he had a couple of great intercepts too in contested marking. Where uh, one particular one down on the, um, the the right half forward flank, and uh, West Coast looked like they were going to get out of trouble, and and Fiorini's just come in and, and intercepted the the mark and and, and played on and and gone forward and set up another play for us in the forward line. Uh, five inside 50s is just invaluable, isn't it? And and because we were converting at a fairly high rate, it was quality ball that he was putting in there too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So McPherson had 12 disposals, and he was operating at 66 disposal efficiency. Um, 
but he he was playing as a a scrappy small forward, so it's not like the numbers we saw last year where he was playing as that midfielder. Um, yeah, I mean he is potential, although. I'd be upset to lose someone like McPherson. The pressure that he brings is so intense. Um, the AFL site's not actually showing me the pressure acts. I hate the new AFL site. The, the stats, you know, it doesn't even show um, the time on ground. It just has zeros for, you know, I mean, that, that's important information to know who, you know, uh, are the... Is Anderson playing, you know, 75% game time or is it only 70 or is it 80? You know, these are important things to to want to know. But the um, the app does have... The app has it uh, and he had 17 pressure acts. Yeah, I knew it was high. So you take out that 17 pressure acts, does the Swallow replace that? Because uh, we have... Swallow possibly. Swallow, swallow does bring the, the pressure. Line. He does, he does, but is it the same? Uh, well, if you keep talking about some of the other sons that impressed in this game, because there were so many, I will yeah. look at the round one pressure acts for David Swallow. Yeah. So, Sean Lemons was one who who um, he didn't have a lot of the ball, but when he what he did with it, you know, in that, that goal that he kicked in the first quarter, that, you know, that was really telling. Um, the 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 goal assist that he had when he dished off to to Raul on the run was just you know a really great. Uh, I mean you don't, he doesn't get credited with the clearance, but it was all on him. You know he was doing the, the gut running, um, and and of and of course we know that he's a he's a great tackler. Um, although actually having said that, he didn't lay one tackle for the night. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really liked his performance. But then again, he's also a candidate for. For, for dropping him because, again, um, his position could go to someone like Swallow. Um, Ainsworth had who... a pretty good game. He had two goals and started to look damaging as that small forward. Uh, so yeah. the more he plays, because he's had a lot of injuries, the more he plays and the more games he strings together, he's going to be even more damaging. Uh, Connor Butterick as well was quite impressive as a... Again, another second gamer that knows how to read the football and make smart decisions in the back line when under pressure. He did have a few clangers, but I think for an 18-year-old, you can you can forgive clangers, can't you? Yeah. So uh, David Swallow had 14 pressure acts in round one against Port Adelaide, and that was a game where the Suns didn't bring the pressure. So, no, but, but he'll always do that, yeah. So Swallow Look, uh, the, is fairly similar as far as pressure goes to McPherson. The other player being talked about is Holman, but again, he he brings probably even more pressure than McPherson does. You, you saw him attack that football, uh, especially yeah. in the last quarter, and he he certainly brings it hard. Um, I'd... I'm very hesitant to remove any of those players because the whole game at the moment is built on pressure. Um, Mm. It's certainly difficult. As far as if Ellis comes back into the side, Mm. I would have to say, unfortunately, it's going to be a wingman that goes out and that's going to be either Powell or Anderson. Uh, Both had good Mm. games, so both would be stiff to miss out. Yeah, look, I, I think if we're going to compare the performances of Anderson and Powell... I think Powell had a better had a better game. Um, the reason I say that is, I think Anderson's ceiling 
is is a lot higher, and, and certainly Powell hasn't reached his ceiling, but he, he and he has a ceiling that's quite high. Um, and I think it's it's vindicated that we spent a late first round pick on Powell, and and uh, and yeah, that was that that this is um, the skinny flanker um, that that, um, that 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 um, what's his face uh, used to used to pick skinny flankers every year, and they were too skinny to to play. But he he's developed really well, Powell. Um, I I like. What Anderson did, but I also think that he's got a lot to answer for with a lot of his sprayed kicks and kicks out on the fall. And he, look, he's just so talented and he's so confident that he tries to do the impossible. Whereas Raoul plays within himself. Uh, that's the difference between the two of them. Uh, Raoul's ceiling is, is 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 quite high as well, and he's he's, he's uh, only given us a glimpse of what he can do. But um, but yeah, the, the reason I like Powell more than Anderson, and I and I would I would drop Anderson in in favour of Ellis, is that Powell has this lateral vision, and you can see similar to Raoul that he was standing in tackles and getting the ball away, not. Or always to an easy target, but you know, handballing at sort of twenty meters uh, and not going necessarily forward, but to to the advantage of a player who could take advantage of the situation. And actually, when it was about to break down, the play would then continue on its next phase. Um, and whereas Anderson isn't quite able to, he needs to be on the end of the movement rather than part of the movement a lot of the time. Yeah. All right, well, with five minutes left to go for the end of the show, we still need to do our What A Performance moment. And this week it is... Lockie Weller, what a performance! Not Lockie Weller, but Matt Rowe. It's hard to go past Matt Rowe's first goal in the AFL as being a a stunner of a, a highlight. Um, fantastic bit of play there. It involved such an array of the young talent that the Suns have. And just the way Matt Rowe received that ball running past and and slotting it through with ease just highlights the sort of player that he's going to be for the Suns. Um, yeah. You know, forget Gary Ablett. Matt Rowe's going to be the star of Gold Coast. When people think about Gold Coast in 10 years' time, 20 years' time even, it's going to be Matt Rowe. Uh, as long as we can keep him and he stays fit. So... Is your? Do you have another moment you'd like to share with um, us, Tom? What What I really liked was that that um, a couple of passages. There was the one where it was just two minutes of, of of anyone's ball. Two teams were just tearing into each other, and the ball was pretty much just stuck on the uh, on the on the stadium side wing. And um, and and every time it looked like West Coast were about to get out, the Suns are just desperately apply the defense and then counterattack and that was great but it didn't really end up in any 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 result but it was just great to see that kind of intensity but the one that I really liked started off on the on the back left flank and uh with with Ballard and if I can remember it correct the, the order correctly it went um Ballard Weller Day Powell Powell King Lacocious Anderson and oh yeah, Lacocious then Anderson. Yep. And if you think about it, those are all top picks that we've had over the years, apart from Ballard. But then Ballard came with with Weller for pick two. So uh, that that's just that just shows our re our, our rebuild 
right there. It, it also in, shows in it also shows the maturity the Suns I'd have. Uh, even a year or two ago, we'd watch games and just get so frustrated that they'd be kicking the ball in long to mm. King and Wright and Day and those boys not having a fair chance at marking it. Now we're seeing, like you said earlier, the lateral vision that some of these players are having and they're, they're looking around the ground. They're hitting targets that are in better positions and they're not just blazing away, yet they're doing it still with the speed and the silkiness that top picks have. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, if we look at all of those players, they're either first-round picks or second-round picks or the guys, and I do want to speak about about uh, Jared Witts here. Um, Witsy, some people thought that he, on paper, he got flogged, didn't he? he it just wasn't, you know, twenty three hitouts is um, is just nowhere near his average, and and uh, he got beaten a lot because a lot of those a lot of those hitouts were actually against um, Oscar Allen because Nick Nat doesn't play as many minutes as Witsy, but. I really thought he played just a terrific role, knowing he was going to be outmatched. He didn't lose the the one on one. He really negated Nick Nat's actual general play, even though he couldn't win as many hitouts. What did you think of that duel? Yeah, I thought it was a good duel. Uh, Witsy obviously struggled against Nick Nat, but I felt like Wits had more effort and provided more around the ground than Nick Nat did, surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of that passage for West Coast in the middle of the second quarter. That's anyway, right, Tom, yeah. it's been a pleasure chatting to you, and the fanfare we are giving for the Suns is great to have, but it's time for us to go, so I want to say thanks to all our listeners, and go Suns! Never say die! If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.